I'm excited that you're with me today for another session of our Bible study time. We are talking about this subject. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, if you really want him to be Lord, if you're really allowing him to be the Lord, the master, the king of your life, and to guide you and lead you, there are certain things that you will do. There are certain things that you will need to do. And today I want to talk to you about <clears throat> if Jesus is really your Lord, then you will follow his directions that he has given us as believers. In <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 through 30, we read this. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk Come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Here in these words, Paul instructs the Ephesians and us about how, if we're living under Christ's control, the things that he wants to take out and the things that he wants to put into our lives, that God wants to do. And this is really evidence that we are allowing Jesus to be the Lord of, the, of our lives. Look at some of the directions that are very specific here. He says, first, I want you to give you some specific directions concerning your speech, how you speak, what you say. Laying aside all falsehood, speak truth each one of you with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. We're to lay aside all falsehood, not only with the way we act and the way we talk. And you see, we can't choose falsehood and truth. They don't go together. And truth should be the dominating principle in the life of any Christ-filled believer. A lie is a statement that's contrary to fact, spoken with an intent to deceive. If I tell you it's 11 o'clock and then discover that my watch is wrong, I did not tell you a lie. But if I gave you the wrong time so that you would be late to a meeting and I would benefit from it, that would be a lie. The Bible says in John 8:14 that Satan is a liar and wants us to believe that God is a liar. Wherever we, whenever we lie, Satan goes to work. The Bible says hell is prepared for whoever loves and makes a lie, Revelation 22.5. This does not mean that everyone who ever told a lie would go to hell, but rather that those whose lives are controlled by lies, who love lies, and who make lies evidence that they are lost, are not controlled by truth, but are controlled by, the, by untruth. Each of us is to speak the truth to our neighbor. You see, what we need to be able to do is live so that our people, our friends, our neighbor, our family say, what you see is what you get. In other words, we're not deceiving, we're not tricking, we're not trying to uh, get someone to believe something that's not so, and that we are sharing in truth. Some years ago, a Christian man became widely known for his powerful and moving testimony of his salvation. 
but after several years, he stopped sharing it. When someone asked him why, he said, well, he, and he, he said this with real sense of integrity. Over the years, I think I embellished the story so much that I no longer knew what was true and what was not. So I decided it was better to quit telling it. So we can even deceive ourselves in the matter of truth. Cheating in school and on income tax returns is a form of lying, making foolish promises, betraying confidences, flattery, and making excuses for all forms of lying. And that's not something we've got to put aside. We've got to lay it aside, Paul says. Get rid of it. Get it out of your life. In, in verse 29, he speaks some, some more about speech. He said, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. That means a corrupt word, a rotten word, a worthless word, a word of impurity, a word of obscenity. The Greek word translated unwholesome refers to that which is corrupt or foul. It was used of rotten vegetables and fruit and other spoiled food. Foul language should never proceed from the mouth of a Christian, for it's totally out of character with his newness of life. Unwholesome language should be as repulsive to us as a rotten apple or a spoiled piece of meat which you would not dare eat. Off-color jokes, profanity, dirty stories, vulgarity, and every form of corrupt talk should not cross our lips. An ancient proverb says to the effect, the heart of a man is a well, and the mouth of a man is a bucket, and that which is in the well of the heart can be determined by what is in the bucket of the mouth. That's true. What is in us comes out. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. speaks. Rotten, filthy hearts come out in the mouth. The test is that we, in opposite of unwholesome words, speak words that are good to build people up. And that's the kind of words that we, only words that build people up, only words that strengthen people, encourage people, and help people, should be the kind of words that we speak. But secondly, he gives some directions concerning anger. There's a time and a place for anger. You may be surprised at that, but that's true. He says, be angry and yet do not sin. The word here for anger is not a momentary outward boiling over of rage or inward seething resentment, but rather a deep-seated, determined, and settled conviction. We are to be angry about those things which are against Christ and his word. We are to hate that which is evil. It means that there must be a revolt of our mind against that which is unjust and shameful and sinful, a fixed displeasure against evil. When you see someone being terribly misused, does that make you angry? It should. When you see things that are terribly wrong and hurtful, does that make you angry? It should. This is the same word that describes God's reaction to evil. Jesus was angry at what they were doing to the temple, and he drove out the money changers and the buyers and sellers. Jesus was angry at the scribes and Pharisees because they were more concerned about rigid tradition than people, than individuals. In Psalm 97.10, the scripture tells us, you, love, you that love the Lord hate evil. You must hate one and love one. Do you have a holy anger against evil? We ought to be angry about abortion and that millions of unborn children are being murdered in this land each year. We ought to be angry 
about things that destroy people. And so it's important that we do that. Now, I'm going to leave you here for today, but I want to ask you to make sure what you speak today glorifies Christ, and we'll pick it up tomorrow. God bless you. Have a great day.